Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the very last section of her article, The Trolley Problem, Judith Jarvis Thompson introduces a new wrinkle into it, which from the vantage point of the present where this has become a set of memes and been transformed into a number of other new scenarios really applies much more. And that is when there's what she calls a villain, a bad agent who is threatening others, who is setting up the situation. We might think about the classic dilemmas imposed on Batman by the Joker. Save these people or save these people. Batman didn't create the situation and somebody else, the villain in this case, typically a villain, the Joker, did that. And we could think of all sorts of other action movie similar scenarios where, you know, save one or save five. And the protagonist, the one who makes the decision, did not place themselves or these people into that situation. When we think about the trolley problem meme, people are tied down to the tracks, right? And so somebody tied them down to the tracks. There's actually one where it's a philosophy professor who has done that in their imagination in order to be able to do moral dilemmas. And so that would make somebody like Judith Jarvis Thompson or Virginia Held or all their followers afterwards down this track, pun intended, into villains of this sort. But what we're talking about here in her view is a scenario like this. Suppose a villain says to us, I will cause a ceiling to fall on five unless you send lethal fumes into the room of one. Now that's identifiable as one of the earlier scenarios that she has examined that, that Virginia Held also brought up, in which case there's a ceiling that could fall in on people unless you use some sort of device which will cause fumes which would have to be pumped into some other patient's room and it'll kill that one person. And she says, well, you, you can't actually do that because you're not diverting a threat from the five onto the one. You're actually creating a new threat. In this case, we have an agency. We have a villain who says, I'm setting things up like this. So this is what we can call a situation of forced choice where somebody else is responsible for the situation being like that. And so what happens when we introduce villains into the mix? Villains who create situations, villains who threaten, and then we have to make the decisions. Does that change the morality of these various problems that she is examining. And the question here is, do we, and this is the word that she uses, accede to, that is give in to the threat and do what the villain requires us to do, or do we refuse the order that the villain is giving and say, that's your responsibility. I'm not going to do what you said. It would be morally wrong for me to do it, or it's not permissible or something like that. And she says that we can think about villains in in several different ways. The first way that she talks about, which is quite interesting, I think is kind of a cop-out 
And I think she does too. She says we could think of villains as essentially just part of the world around the people involved, a part which is going to drop a burden on the five if we do not act. Now, from a practical perspective, maybe that is the way that you would look at it. Let's say if you were engaged in some sort of policing and you have to act very quickly, you say, listen, we already know that the villain is going to do what they say they're going to do. And we're not worried about whether they're right or wrong. We just need to save lives as much as possible and adopt a sort of you know utilitarian perspective or the rights trumps utility perspective that she has involved here. In this case, we're in some respect abstracting from the moral responsibility of the bad agent, the villain. But, you know, that might be a tempting thing to do. She says, on this way of thinking of him, nothing yet threatens the five, certainly no ceiling as yet threatens him. Why? Because the villain is the one who's going to bring the ceiling down on them. And a fortiori, we cannot save the five by making what already threatens them instead threaten the one. I don't actually think that's right. If the villain can be presumed to have an iron will and, and to follow through on whatever threats that they made, that, and we're treating them essentially like a mechanism, it seems like they then once the threat has been issued, we do have a live threat. We do have a similar problem of is it okay to divert the death onto the one, even though it's not the same thing threatening them. The other thing is we can consider the villain, him or herself, as a threat to the five. And she says, but sending the fumes in is not making him be a threat to the one instead of the five. Rather... It's making, what would we call it, the villain's will be the threat. And that's, that's an interesting point as well. I think that could be explored a little bit further. Again, considering temporality, which is something that she does arrive at towards the very end of this. She then brings up the difference between cases, right? And she says that in these sort of cases, we should not accede. Why? Because the hypothesis I propose says nothing about the source of threat to the five. Whether the threat to the five is or is caused by a human being, it's not permissible to do what will kill one to save the five, except by making what threatens the five itself threaten the one. So then what if we have a case like the trolley problem, like the traditional trolley problem, now in, in memes where we see the five people tied to the tracks and we see one person tied on another track and we have the bystander at the switch and the trolley is out of control and somebody set this up, right? Because they didn't tie themselves down, presumably. So she says, it seems very plausible to think if a villain has started a trolley towards five, we may deflect the trolley towards one, other things being equal. If a trolley is headed towards five and we can deflect it towards one, we may, no matter who or what caused it, to head towards the five. In this case, there's no actual threat. The villain is not saying, if you don't do this... I will do this. Instead, the villain has just set it up so that if we don't do this, then something else bad is going to happen. But they haven't... You could say there's an intentionality there, but Thompson seems to think that this is different. And I actually would agree with her in the trolley case, whoever has set it up and similar sorts of things. She mentions avalanches, fires earlier on. We can deflect the threat from the five onto the one. 
It's still not good, but it's, it's a better situation. What about the ceiling and fumes one? So she says, suppose a villain says, I'm gonna cause the ceiling to fall on five unless you send lethal fumes into the room of one. If we refuse so that he does do what he threatens to do, then he surely does something very much worse than what we would be doing if we acceded to his threat and sent the fumes in. So if we refuse, then the villain does worse in actuality than what we would have done had we chosen the other alternative. Kills five, kills one, right? If we exceed, she says, we do something misguided and wrongful, but not nearly as bad as what he does if we refuse. So we would do something that's bad, killing one, right? And that's an actuality, but it's not as bad as the potential of what he would have done. So she says it should be stressed. The fact that he will do something worse if we do not send the fumes in does not entail that we ought to send them in or even that it is permissible for us to do so. And she says, how could that entail it? The fact that we would be saving five lives by sending the fumes in does not itself make it permissible for us to do so. Why? Because as she said earlier, rights trump utilities. How could adding that the taker of those five lives would be doing what is worse than we would tip the balance? If we may not infringe a right of the one in order to save the five lives, it cannot possibly be thought that we may infringe the right of that one in order, not merely to save the five lives. Now here's where it gets a little interesting and weird. And she talks about not making the villain's moral record better, right? So, Again, let's think this over. We refuse. The villain does something really bad. Their moral record is very bad. They've killed five people. I mean, their moral record should also reflect that they created this whole situation in the first place, but she doesn't worry about that. If we give in, then the villain's moral record is actually better because they don't kill anybody. We kill them. We kill the one person. And Thompson says, this is really not okay. We shouldn't make the villain's moral record better than it otherwise would be. And this comes up as well in another situation that she considers. Here's where we get to another interesting point that she's making. She tells us that what is of interest is what holds interpersonally also holds intrapersonally. And you might say, what is the difference between inter and intra? Well, inter is between persons, right? So between me and you and the trolley driver and the villain and the victims and all that. Intrapersonally means within a person. And you might say, well, how can you have a relation within a person? Well, we do all the time. If I say, oh, I'm making a bad decision. I'm taking a position on myself. There's a kind of an intrapersonal thing going on there. If I feel regrets about the stupid thing that I did last week, I'm saying past Greg, you know, who's also in some respect me, really did something bad there and I, I should fix it or feel bad about it or something like that. And this is the case that she considers. So she says, we could imagine the surgeon of transplant to have caused in the past the ailments of his five patients. 
Let us imagine the worst. He gave them chemical acts precisely to cause their deaths in order to inherit from them. Now he repents, which means that there's a conflict within the person, right? The fact that he would be saving five lives by operating on the one does not make it permissible for him to operate on the one. Why? She says rights trump utilities. And she might also be talking about the fact that there's no exemption in this case. If he may not infringe on the right of the one in order to save the five lives, it cannot be possibly thought that he may infringe on the right of the one in order, not merely to save the five lives, but notice what she says here, but in order to make his own moral record better than it otherwise would be. Now, this is a little puzzling, isn't it? It seems like we do things all the time in order to make our own moral record better because we're flawed human beings and we screw up and we you know, have to apologize and make up for things, make it right, as we say. In doing so, are we permitted to transgress the rights of others? So for example, could I steal from a flower shop to get flowers to give to my wife after I had an argument with her? I think Thompson would say, no, you, you should buy the flowers, right? In this case, of course, we have a constricted situation where the only way that the surgeon can save the people who he has effectively given a death sentence to is to take the organs of a victim, the poor man who walked in, just coming in for a checkup, who happens to be a compatible organ donor for these five patients. And I think that there might be a difference between situations not like this, where we do in fact want to make our moral record better, situations where we might contribute to other people's moral record being better, but even if they could be a villain, you know, helping a restorative justice, when a criminal has injured somebody and destroyed their trust in society or something like that. In these situations, Thompson wants to say that there's no reason we should be trying to make anybody's moral record better, whether it's our own or if we're the bad you know, surgeon or the threatening person who otherwise would kill five. And so she says, another way to put the point is assessments of which acts are worse than which have to be directly relevant to the age and circumstances if they're to have a bearing on what he may do. If A threatens to kill five unless B kills one, then although killing five is worse than killing one, these are not alternatives open to B. The alternatives open to B are kill one, thereby forestalling the deaths of five and making A's moral record better than it would otherwise be, or let it be the case that A kills five. And the supposition that it would be worse for B to kill the, the one is entirely compatible with the supposition that killing five is worse than killing one. She finishes up by considering the case of a different surgeon who is faced with a choice between here and now giving chemical X to five, thereby killing them and operating on and thereby killing only one. And she says that this is sort of like the trolley driver or at the switch. Other things being equal, it does seem he may choose to operate on the, the one. Some people might say something stronger that he's required to make this choice. So that, that's a different situation. And it doesn't have to do with making somebody's moral record better. She sees that as a relevant part of the situation. So this is, you know, good to keep in mind when we have agency that's malevolent, you could say. It doesn't radically change the way in which we resolve these cases, but it does introduce some new considerations. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. 
You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.